whether you're on the screen or in person, you know what to do. <laughs> hey, Penny. Hey, Joanne. <laughs> morning, everyone. Morning. Oh, Gabe, you're at the church and I'm not. Doggone it. Hi, John and Jerry. Hi, Fred. Hi, Cindy. Okay. Right. Okay. Shot coming from the sanctuary. Yeah. So now it's time for announcements. Uh, today, after the service, is the board meeting. Held in the boardroom, I guess. Uh, both here and on Zoom. Yes. So uh, everybody is welcome. Uh, two o'clock this afternoon is the service at Bear Raven Longhouse with Grandfather Ray Wilson. And next Saturday, on no, next Sunday on the 17th is his birthday celebration, which is also at the Longhouse. It's at two o'clock, it's a potluck. And uh, it's his 95th birthday, and it's going to be pretty exciting. So please come to that. Um, we have an ongoing need for readers. We need someone for the 31st and then on into August. Wow, it's July. <laughs> yes. Yay. Okay. Draft through the 31st. 
Okay, and um, Jerry, if you would like to come up. Uh, our honor to um, have a new member here uh, today. We're going to give her a certificate of membership uh, for Joy Santos. And uh, I remember when I when I got my certificate, it was an honor moment for me. So uh, we certainly like to welcome you to our church as an official member, and I'll present you with a certificate. I'm very, very pleased to be part of this church. I've been looking for a church family and I found it. Very happy to welcome you, Justin. Okay, if you would join us in the unity statement next, we will say that together. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And today, the song of joy is deep inside my heart. Sing loud, stand up. Deep inside my heart, deep inside my heart, I've got this everlasting love. I've got this everlasting love. It's shining like the sun, shining like the sun. I've got this everlasting love. 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 I've got this everlasting love.
this everlasting love deep inside my heart Spiritual Living by Jim Rose Murphy. I think I'm saying that right. I hope. Take my glasses off because I'm getting more burn. More fun. <laughs> <laughs> there is no peace on earth. There is no peace on earth. At this moment in history, most of humankind would agree with this statement, but these six words are more far-reaching than they appear. It can be added that there will never be peace on earth. This is not the viewpoint of a doomsayer, but of one who has redefined the word earth. In this instance, earth is not the planet, but human consciousness. There can be no peace in human consciousness, for peace is not its way. Peace exists in God, in spiritual consciousness. Therefore, we must come up higher and experience the kingdom. Here and only here will we find true peace. Of course, there are other kinds of peace, the temporary peace created by treaties or the family truce that exists until the next bit of anger. But this is not the kind of peace Jesus spoke of when he said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, the peace that comes and goes, do I give to you. Consider the statement there is no peace on earth, and let it give you the gift of knowing that peace rests not in conditions, but in knowing God. When this occurs, you will cease trying to make things happen, which seem to bring peace of mind. This is important for trying to make peace happen fills life with intention. Obviously, once there is inner peace, peace on earth is natural. People who are in spiritual consciousness must live on a planet of peace. Thank you. Thanks, Mary. So I might just add that uh, Mary said earlier that this was not only her first time reading here, but the first time she's been up behind the microphone maybe in a long time ever, ever. So. Okay, and now it's time for our meditation song. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
For I am the kingdom, I am the power, and I am the glory of God in eternal, immortal manifestation. All this I am. to rejoin Zoom to be able to show my slides. So thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> Mary and I learned today we're birthday buddies. Pretty awesome. Mary and I share the same birthday. It's actually coming up here on uh, Friday, the 15th. So happy birthday, Mary. Okay. Hi, folks on Zoom, by the way. I um, didn't get a chance to say hello earlier. Hi, Sherry. Hi, John. Okay, and then um, I am hoping whoever is running the Zoom can allow me to share my slides. Please, thank you. While I say hello, hey, Fred. I heard you have a birthday coming up to you. When's your birthday, Fred? 27. Did you say the 17th? 27. The 27th. Okay, the 27th. All right. Happy birthday to you. Nice. Thank you. Okay. Seeing if I can share my slides now. Oh, yay. Life is good. All right. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So, <clears throat> a woman lived next door to the preacher, and um, she was kind of mystified because it, at home and in the neighborhood, the preacher was this very quiet guy, and he was very soft-spoken, but when he was at church, he was really fiery and talked about brimstone and coals raining down and just preached the word of God very passionately. And so um, one day the lady 
was talking to her minister neighbor at home and, and asking, you know, why is that? Because it almost seemed like he had two different personalities. And, and she said, minister, you're so quiet at home, but you're so fiery at church. And he said, well, that's my alter ego. But I'm um, <laughs> So today, uh, we are talking about personality and individuality, and this is part of our series from the book Heart-Centered Metaphysics, like Susan mentioned a little bit earlier, the book by Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. And remember that in unity, uh, the word metaphysics in general just means beyond the physical, and in unity, a lot of times, the word metaphysics is used to talk about unity theology. Who is God? Who are we as humans? What is our relationship with each other? And when we look at these questions, we bring a heart-centered perspective. So we focus on love and compassion and oneness and courage. So it's more than just a mental exercise. All right. So today talking about personality and individuality. And a lot of times in the larger culture, these words mean the same thing, like my personality is what makes me an individual. And in unity theology, in unity metaphysics, these words are actually the opposite each of each other. So um, we're going to talk about uh, how our unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, defined these words, personality and individuality. And this, uh, these definitions are based out of his book called The Revealing Word, where he listed different metaphysical interpretations of various words. So first, this word personality, um, Charles said, this is the sum total of our human characteristics. In other words, our ego or who we think we are when we think in three dimensions, height, depth, and breadth. In other words, who we think we are when we're looking at the surface of things. Also, he said that this is the unreal, mortal part of us governed by selfish motives. I don't know about you all. I know I've had some selfish motives at times. Maybe some of you have as well. Maybe not my highest and best moment. Charles also said that the personality can be a veil or a mask concealing the real or the spiritual I am. So you know me, I like to hear what everyone thinks. I don't know if there's a way to hear folks on Zoom if they want to share, Tom, Tom's saying no. All right, um, maybe Zoom folks can put What kinds of masks do we wear as humans? What kind of masks do we wear that cover up our divine essence? Yeah, Tom. What our job is. Oh yeah, what our job is. So having a job is not a bad thing in and of itself. And there's times that we identify ourselves or perhaps even over identify ourselves by what our job is. And maybe if the job ends, maybe we go through some thinking about, I don't even really know who I am anymore. I used to belong to a dance troupe and the dance troupe broke up. And if anyone's ever gone through a, a breakup, we, we all called it the breakup. It was like a multi-dimensional because there were lots of people involved, you know, a, a big falling apart. 
And after that experience, I wondered, can I even still dance anymore? Yeah. So sometimes we over-identify with the job. Great. Thank you. What are some other ways that we put on a mask that conceals our inner divinity? You know, we might present a persona when we're in public of yeah. being a certain way that's not the same we are that we are when we're at home. With sure. Our, perhaps with our family members and stuff. Might yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So Johnny just said we might put on um, a certain persona in public that's not the way we are at home. So maybe we feel like we have to protect ourselves out in public. Or we have to maybe hide a part of ourselves. Sure. Sometimes if we have feelings that are very strong, but we have some thinking that it's not okay to share those feelings, that might be a mask. So for example, if I'm really angry, but I have some thinking that says it's not okay that I express my anger, I might put on a mask where I'm kind of snarky and make little snarky comments about things and it comes out sideways. Yeah, again, probably not my finest hour. Everybody here knows all my secrets after a while. In addition, we might put on a mask if we get very distracted by the outer. If we start comparing ourselves to the other folks around us, oh, that person's stronger than I am. Oh, that person's smarter than I am. Oh, that person has more money than I do. And so we can sometimes get caught up in these outer features and comparing and lose track of our inner essence that way. Now we're going to get into my favorite definition from Charles about personality. I really like these definitions where our co-founder Charles Fillmore said that the personality is actually formed by the divine and divinely inspired to develop our individuality through our connection with source. And what I liked about that is that sometimes Sometimes we think about our personality as something bad or our ego as something bad. And I love this reminder that these are part of our human experience. We are here in earth school. We are wearing earth suits. And part of our human experience, I believe, is this learning that we're more than the outer, we're more than our bodies, we're more than our faces, we're more than our personalities, that there's more to us than that. I think that's part of what we're here to learn on earth. Also, our personality or our ego can serve the divine. So um, rather than trying to get rid of our personality or get rid of our ego, I think one of our choices is to figure out how can I use this personality that I have? How can I use uh, what's on the outer to serve the inner? And more on that in a bit. All right, getting into what Charles said now that he defined as individuality. And again, this may be different than what we're used to hearing. Charles said the individuality is that eternal part of us that can never be destroyed or that true Christ self, which causes personality to decrease. So um, I, uh, I like this slide because it's a reminder to me that... Um, that we're not um, human beings having a spiritual experience, but that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. 
So again, individuality, what we really are when we think in unlimited spiritual consciousness. So when we get beyond thinking about I'm my body or I'm my face or I'm my job or I'm my role, I have a body. So do you. We're here for a temporary time. Um, and so individuality, that spiritual identity or the God part of us, another comparison that you might have heard is that humanity is like waves in the ocean, that the divine essence is the ocean that's in each of us, and we're each an individual manifestation of that divine. We're each like a wave. We're there temporarily, and then we're going to sink back into the ocean from which we came. And then Charles also said that individuality is the ideal human, the image and likeness of the divine, universal creative mind, and what characterizes us as a manifestation of divine principle. I love this um, idea that we are made in the image and likeness of the divine. I think in the past, maybe some people thought that that meant that God was this big guy up in the sky, this huge superhuman uh, being. And in unity, we interpret this saying that we're made in the image and likeness of the divine as knowing that we have that ability that the divine has to create, to love, to be strong, to be wise. So I believe Jesus talked about this idea as well. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was recorded in the book of Matthew, and all these quotes come from the New Revised Standard Version, the updated edition. Jesus was quoted as saying, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. So we know that this divine light that's in each of us and that's in every person out in the world is meant to shine, that we're all expressions of that divinity. And Jesus went on to say, people do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the nightstand, on the lampstand, excuse me, and it gives light to all the house. Now, perhaps everyone here has had the experience of going into a room that's completely dark and you turn on the light and all of a sudden it's a whole different experience. There's light filling the room everywhere. And we don't then go up to the light and put a cover on top of it to just have the light shine in a little teeny tiny place. We let that light fill the room. I like to think about our personality kind of like a lampshade. The lampshade can affect how our light shows up in the world. So if I'm living from my personality or my ego, if I'm looking only at the surface, if I'm focused on a selfish frame of mind or I'm comparing myself to others, what does that do to my light? How does that make my light show up in the world? Can I ask that again? Yes. So uh, if I am showing up from an ego place, if I'm letting my focus be on the surface or on the outer or on selfish intentions, how does that affect my light that I'm trying to shine into the world? Filters it. Okay, I heard that it filters it, it shrinks it. Dims it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So absolutely what I have going in my personality can affect how I see the world. I might be living from a fearful place. I might be looking slant-eyed at other people. What are they doing? Is that gonna limit what I wanna do? It may also even affect how I see myself. I may start seeing myself as something less than or something unworthy if my personality is getting in the way, if I'm living from a place of focus on the surface. And remember I said that our personality can serve our individuality, our God self. So I can live from a personality of love. I can live from a personality of wisdom. I can bring forth any of my divine attributes and make those my lampshade and make those the filter that affects how my light shines into the world. And so can you, and so can all of us. One of the images that came to me as I was putting this talk together was um, dandelions, because this is such a great time of year to be outside and be in the yard. And I don't know if anyone else has dandelions in the yard, if anyone else has ever pulled some weeds, or I'm guessing many of us maybe have. Yeah, yeah. So dandelions are pretty interesting. Um, they remind me of our personality. In the 20th century, people decided that dandelions were weeds. However, in the past, there were multiple cultures, the ancient Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Japanese, and Europeans who valued dandelions for their beauty. Dandelions were actually given space in gardens. Different varieties were developed by different cultures. They were praised in poetry. Dandelions are also thought to have medicinal purposes, and they've been used in multiple cultures since as early as 659 BC for pain relief, for bodily health. Even if we let dandelions grow in our lawns, they can aerate the soil, reduce erosion, and fertilize our grass. And I think everyone is aware that dandelions are masters of survival. Their roots can go down as deep as 15 feet. They can live for years. They can go from a bud to seed in a short period of a handful of days. Some people eat dandelions in salad. If you go to buy dandelions in the grocery store, they're quite expensive. Pound for pound, they're more expensive than prime rib, lobster, or swordfish. They're $31.75 a pound. Yeah, yeah. So we can look at dandelions like a weed, like something we need to eradicate or pull up or get rid of, or something that's bothering us, or something that doesn't have a place in our yard. Or just like our personality, we can look at dandelions as part of our spiritual experience. We can look at our personality the same way. Is it something we're trying to eradicate or get rid of? Or is it something that we can use for our spiritual growth, for our spiritual aeration, for our spiritual health and well-being? 
I mentioned earlier that as we look at what's on our lampshade of our personality, filtering that divine light, we can act from a personality of love, a personality of wisdom, or any of our divine gifts. And our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, identified 12 attributes of the divine that he said were in God and were in each of us, every human being on the planet. And so we know that we can act from a place of will. We can act from a place of release, a place of imagination. We can put these on our lampshade to affect how we show up and shine in the world. In the month of July, the power that we focus on in unity is the power of understanding. And understanding is our spiritual intelligence, the faculty by which we receive enlightenment, insight, our capacity to gain direct perceptions of the truth, the ability to know, to perceive, comprehend, and spiritually see, and our power of realization and insight. So I believe understanding starts with questioning, especially questioning the status quo. Why is a dandelion a weed? Why do I have some thinking that my personality or my ego is a bad thing? How can I see this differently? How can I bring my personality into service of the divine? Sometimes people ask, what's the difference between wisdom and understanding? And the saying that I like says, wisdom knows and understanding knows why. So wisdom is often knowledge and understanding is what helps us apply it, what helps us figure out what do we do with that knowledge? How do we take it out into the world? How does it help us live our lives the way that we want to? So I have an affirmation for us. It says, I am understanding I use my gift of understanding to see beyond human experiences and into the light of truth. I am understanding. And I invite us all to affirm that together. I am understanding. I use my gift of understanding to see beyond human experiences and into the light of truth. I am understanding. And we know that this is so. So friends, as we're traveling throughout the summer in our earth suits, in our human experience, I know that I will be looking at those dandelions in my yard a little bit differently now. I might still pull some of them up. <laughs> I might try chewing on one and see what happens. And as we encounter situations where we have the opportunity to share our light, I hope that we all tune into that inner knowing to think about what am I expressing in the outer? What personality am I going to bring to this situation? Can I act with the personality of love? Can I act with the personality of wisdom? Can I act with the personality of understanding? Let's take a few minutes now and go into some meditation time on the power of understanding. And this meditation is adapted from Reverend Bronte Colbert. I invite us all to settle into our chairs and be comfortable, breathing gently in and out, and hear these words as the words of your own heart. 
I pause and call on my spiritual gift of divine understanding for insights into my daily journey. If I'm not sure what path to take, what decision to make, or what words to say, I allow spiritual understanding to guide my mind and my heart. Understanding takes me to deeper levels of compassion, non-judgment, and connection to others. I use my understanding to see beyond human experiences and appearances and into the light of truth. And let's take a few moments now and just bask in that light of divine understanding. I am understanding. I perceive and I am grateful for the gifts, the joys, and the presence of the divine in every event or circumstance. My understanding allows me to see beyond human experience and into the light of truth. I see myself and I see others with compassion and with understanding. And so it is. Amen. I must be really happy that you feel well today. I think your feeling is good. It's time now for our offering. And we want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity by mail. Uh, we continue to appreciate any checks that are sent here to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia, 98531. And you can also donate on our website, unityofcentralia.net. And of course, we thank you for the time and talent that you share with us. Let's say our offering prayer together as we hold our gifts in our hands or in our hearts. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am.
question. The light of God surrounds us, the love of God envolves us, 
Yes, and the board meeting will be at 11.30. 